TNA producer Bella here. If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can reach us via email at tensandaces21 at gmail.com. That's tensandaces, the number 21 at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, simply called The Tens and Aces Podcast, if you're still on Facebook anyway. Or you can catch us on the web by going to anchor.fm slash TA21. Hey there, TNA listeners. Mike here. So I know it's been probably about a month or so since we posted our last episode and we're working on some great things coming down the pipe. But in the meantime, I present this flashback episode, one of my favorite episodes that I've done so far with Nubs. There's some great stories and some great insight. It's one of the first episodes we did and I've listened to it several times. And If you listened to it before, let's listen to it again together. Anyway, here you go. Let's go back in time just a little bit. I guess about three years. Are you ready for some TNA? My friends and I aren't your average blackjack players. We're all APs, which, if you don't know, stands for advantage player. As in, we play with a mathematical edge or advantage over the house. Yep, card counters, that would be us. On this podcast, I'm going to bring you true life stories about the AP life. There'll be stories of all the times we fucked up. Stories when we made out like bandits. Stories of losing more in one session than a lot of people make in a year. Stories of getting backed off in one shoe. Stories of average Joes out here doing this card counting thing. With some of us crushing it. And some of us just making our way through it. So if this is the kind of shit you want to hear, well listen up. Because we're about to give you some TNA. Welcome to the TNA Podcast. In this transmission of our attempt at imaginary radio, we interview Nubs1981. My name is Mike, and here is part one of the interview with AP Pro and Blackjack Apprenticeship member Nubs1981. So, Nubs, why don't you tell me your origin story? What got you on this AP path? It was uh, a random night where uh, I knew we were going to Vegas, uh, my wife, myself, and a couple of friends. Uh, after having a really bad experience playing blackjack from before, uh, I was like, well, I should probably learn how to play blackjack. So I started mm-hmm. typing in on YouTube, uh, blackjack, and I think the MIT documentary popped up. I was like, oh, I could watch this. And I watched that. I realized, that, okay, counting cards really doesn't look that hard you know i think i could do that so uh, i started Mm -hmm. practicing started practicing and i came across uh, blackjack apprenticeship and eventually got the membership and started practicing on there and it just took off from there how long ago was that that was 2016 i would say blackjack apprenticeship is even their free videos and their content on the internet is probably the best spot to learn how to count cards colin's teaching style is great would you agree yeah i I would have nothing but good things to say about Colin and Blackjack Apprenticeship. 
it's kind of funny because I went on Netflix and I was trying to find documentary again and the Holy Rollers documentary popped up and I'm like, what? I don't want to watch this. What is this? Nobody's heard of these people. <laughs> I did eventually click on it and watch it and I was like, oh, wow, this is a pretty cool team. I'm surprised I never heard of this. Yeah. Christian card counters. What's this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I was seems totally, like an oxymoron. I was totally confused when, when I first saw it uh, pop up on Netflix. Right on, man. Right on. You got any uh, fun or interesting or... Or crazy stories to share from your uh, several years now experience. Out in Red Rock in Vegas, we had there was let's just say there was a whole bunch of card counters uh, in Vegas that we had <laughs> a couple different things going on. Myself and my teammate, we were we were counting cards all day, and then we went to one of these events. And then after the event, we're like, oh, let's go to Red Rock. We heard they're pretty tolerant, so mm-hmm. we were there. We split up. My teammates at a table, and I'm looking for a table. I'm like, oh, there's so and so from the event earlier. All right can't play that table oh there's so-and-so at this table can't play that table I'm going, <laughs> you know, I'm going around all these different tables and it's like there's card counter at pretty much every single table but as the night goes on you know, I, I eventually find a table and it's it's really late at night it's i don't know maybe one o'clock in the morning something like that there was one person there that was betting really big money on the main floor you know several hands of several thousand and mm-hmm. it didn't take too long to figure out that hey they were also counting card too he ended up splitting 10 out to a bunch of hands and I don't know he must have had twenty, thirty thousand dollars on the table and he won all of it and he just pushed in a pile of purple and black chips to color up and the pit was going crazy watching him so uh, I found a dealer she she was by herself I sit down and uh, I text my teammate I'm like listen I know you want to keep playing I'm wicked tired I says it's a five dollar table I'll just burn through basic strategy as fast as I can and then you can jump in and you can bet you know the black chip right so uh, I sit down, I start playing and and he's on his way down to the table. Somebody comes and they sit at the table and they're like, hey, you know, I just want to let you know, sometimes I play one hand, sometimes I play two hands, sometimes I'll sit out and I'm kind of uh-huh. looking at him and I'm like, all right, I know this place was swarming with card counters. I don't recognize you, but young, male, 20s, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're a card counter. I'm, I'm thinking that. I don't say it to him. But uh, right. so we start playing and the count, the count goes negative. And he's like, oh, I'll just sit out a few hands if you don't mind. And I kind Mm -hmm. of give him the look. I know what you're doing. But uh, I was like, whatever. So I just start burning through. There's a double deck. So I just burn right through the rest of the double deck. Yeah, I'm just playing table minimum. Then my teammate finally comes, you know, he finally gets over to the table and he sits down and he gives the same line, you know, and he doesn't know this (laughs) other. He's like, you know, I just sometimes I jump in, I'll play a hand or two hands and sometimes I jump out. I'm like, okay, here we go. So here I am, $5 a hand, $5 a hand, $5. Dollars again. Oh, we got a true one. <laughs> I pull my bet back. I look over, and uh, the guy I don't know and my teammate, you know, two hands of 75 or two hands of 200. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this <laughs> so that goes for a couple of shoes. Obviously, the guy sitting between us figures out what's going on and he's like hey listen you know i i didn't know you know i can leave the table if you want so i said you do what you want i i don't really care you do what you want he ended up staying and then now here comes a third guy he sits down at the table yeah he sits down at the table he's like hey you know i'm just gonna watch maybe i'll jump in and play a few hands or maybe i'll play two hands i just jump in (laughs) and out and i looked right out of myself dude you're gonna love this table Right. You know, and and I was exhausted, but I was like, all right, five dollars a hand, five dollars a hand. Oh, here's a true one. I pull my bet out and then the table fills up with green and black chips. And the dealer, she's looking. Yeah, she's looking at me. 
she's like, you're not going to play anymore? I'm like, no, I'm going to sit this one out. <laughs> so then she deals, <laughs> she deals the six spots to all of them. And uh, at, at this point, I think I was so tired, I had checked out. And uh, at one point, you know, they all pulled their bets out and they're all looking at me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess it's my turn to play. And they're like, yeah, D1. <laughs> that must have went on. We did that for probably two hours before the pit boss finally came over to our table. She's like, you know, guys, you know, we don't mind if you're counting cards, but you've been here for a couple hours doing this. I I, I think it's time for you guys to call it a night. And it was it was Better. literally like the nicest back off. You know, it was it was just crazy. That is crazy. Well, because you guys are relatively small potatoes compared to the the guy that was causing all the commotion in the pit when you came over. But collectively, oh. I'm I, I don't know what your results were, but you guys probably made a little bit of money anyway. Yeah, uh, I, I think as a team. Uh, we finished uh, we ended up 10k for that night somewhere around there right and, on, and it was kind of funny because we knew some of the other card counters or some of the other tables and i would text him i'd be like hey <laughs> on your way out just walk past this table and watch the shenanigans for a couple of minutes you know and they'd walk by yeah. and they'd get behind and watch the table and then they'd just shake their head and start leaving you know that's great that's great man especially the fact that every guy that sat down had the same line almost like they heard they heard somebody like some gambling with an edge podcast or something say that line or or maybe they read it in a book they were all bga members ah okay that that narrows it down <laughs> yeah so it was it was so obvious like when i heard the line i'm like oh yeah i think i know what's going on yeah because when you sit down and you, you get to a table and you figure out that somebody's been doing that they're doing that that they're counting it, like as a as a professional courtesy of course you offer hey do you want me to leave type thing you know and you know just because they've been sitting there putting the work in and you don't want to sit there and just like a vulture come and take their cards right right yeah right i it's, totally it's, get it yeah but it was it was just the whole thing was i was so tired and i was playing all day and i was just i was just done i think my teammate was getting tired he was pretty much done they were closing other tables so the tables you know you were running out of tables to play at and the other the other two guys you know i knew they had smaller bankrolls and i just all right whatever i don't really care you know that's a great story do you have any more yeah, there was. Well, I mean, I, that's kind of like a funny story. I'm not really sure if this would be a funny story or like an oopsie story. Yeah, oopsies is fine. <laughs> we can all we can all learn from that, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I guess there's a moral to the story at the end of this one. Um, there you go. So this is when I was red chipping. This was earlier on. I would back count. I was back counting tables, and because I couldn't really afford to play through, uh, I would have to back count tables. And because this casino usually had tables i ended up getting stuck back counting tables with a decent amount of people at it most of the time uh so i got right. lucky i found i found this one table uh it looked like a boyfriend girlfriend type couple or something and it, it, it was just them two at the table and i'm i'm back counting it and back counting it i'm like all right you know it's starting to get positive here starting to get positive here i'm like oh okay sweet getting close getting close and then all of a sudden after like two rounds it got insanely good like a like a true two or a true three insanely good back then i was playing smaller so i was waiting for the dealer to kind of make a hand or you know something weird where i could where it wouldn't upset the floppy if i would come in yeah like if they pull the six card 21 you'd be like oh let me come in and change it up that kind of thing right, right exactly yeah. i was waiting for something along those lines to happen well the two of them just get
get up and leave. And they did it immediately. I was like, oh, okay. And, and uh, so I immediately sit down and I go to start playing. Sweet. I got this rich shoe to myself. Heads up. Here we go. And we went, wait perfect, a minute. Perfect, right? Perfect setup, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, perfect setup. I'm like, wait a minute. How come, is my butt getting wet? And then, uh, you know. Oh, no. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, my, uh, my pants are definitely getting wet here. So uh, now I'm thinking, I'm like, trying to think. I'm like, did they spill a drink? No, nothing's on the table. So then I, I take my hand and I reach down. I kind of like rub the chair and everything. And I pull my hand back. I smell it. And I'm like, oh my God, she pissed all over the chair. Now I'm like soaked in it. So uh, <laughs> I, I stand up and I call the, the pit boss over. She knew who I was because I, I played there enough. And I kind of was explaining to her. I'm like, listen, you know, I don't have a change of clothes. I think this lady peed in the chair. I'm soaked in, in pee. And, and she's like, oh, you know, we'll take care of that for you. You know, we'll get you some clothes. They were going to take the cards out of the shoe and like close the table. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. <laughs> Let me finish this out. <laughs> So oh, I'm, standing, no. I'm standing there. My pants are soaked in somebody else's piss. I played out like three, maybe there was three decks left in a six deck shoe. I get uh-huh. absolutely clobbered in it. You know, variance was definitely not on my side. And then the pit boss comes back and she's got a bag of clothes from like the gift store or something. And she's like, here, you know, I got you, I got you a change of clothes. I'm like, all right, sweet. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. So I go out to the car and, uh, you know, sure enough, there's everything I need, change of clothes. Well, being a, a woman pit boss, the underwear that was in the bag was woman's underwear. <laughs> so I was like, well, I think I'm going to draw the line here. I'm not putting that on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I- I did. I did bring the. Uh, I put everything else on. I, I brought the clothes back into the back into the casino and went up to the pit boss and I told her, I'm like, listen, you know, I I really appreciate the the offer here, but I'm, I'm just not going to be wearing women's underwear. She was a little embarrassed about. It. They they did <laughs> they did they did get me a pair of men's underwear so I could at least change and put that on. That's yes. great, man. <laughs> so I guess you still uh, have those clothes. I do, and the crazy thing is, is uh, my wife calls. She calls them my pee pee pants. Cause I, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. That whole, that whole day with that whole sitting in the, in the woman's piss chair, it was just crazy. I mean, I can see why I would pl- keep playing too, because you're at a T, you said TC two and you got, you're, uh, yeah, you're the midway through a six deck shoe. So you got three decks left, you know, or I don't know how many's cut off. So maybe one and a half or left. Well, you yeah. got time to make some money, but right. and, and, and to top it off, you got bad variants, you know, makes the story right. even makes for a better story, but you know, <laughs> right. But I, that, that was the whole thing was I was red chipping and I finally got a table heads up with a quite a ways to go. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to play it. I'm not. I'm not gonna back out now. Yeah, at a at a true two. <laughs> well, coming in, perfect setup. They leave right when you're ready to go in. You don't have to do any of your social engineering where you pretend, hey, I'm gonna change these cards up for you. You know, right, right. <laughs> and then what seems perfect goes completely 180 south. <laughs> <laughs> That's I love that story, man. That's a great story. Yeah, I don't well, know. At the beginning of it, you said you're not sure if it was funny. It's pretty funny. Maybe because it happened to you, it's not funny. Well, like I guess the moral the story is and i i think even the phoenix because i told this story to the phoenix i think and he said yeah he says you gotta you gotta make sure you check the chair every time you sit down especially in vegas you never know what's going to be in there especially nowadays well at least nowadays they usually wipe off the chair most places before you sit down well not eh, half the time depends on where you're at but what's what's interesting though is that back back to that casino where i was red chipping and you know always having to back count these tables that were full i mean i was checking my notes earlier to, to see mm-hmm. I, 
October 1st of 2016 is when I started recording my results. And I was red chipping probably for a good two years. And just just to show how long you can go uh, either breaking even or losing money, uh, my all-time low was November 14th of 2018. So we're talking wow. two years, a month, and almost two weeks to go from start to an all-time low. Mm-hmm. That's That's not even even. That's in the red. But you're but, good now, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we actually, uh, my teammate, I had to meet him earlier today. Uh, my teammate put us at an all-time high today. He, he's just been crushing it. I'm so, I'm, I'm actually really proud of him. But That's great. To, to go back to uh, why my my losing, losing streak was so long, uh, what I didn't know about was penetration and rounds per hour and then just playing mm-hmm. full tables. Now, I was looking at where, where I was playing. I was looking at these are the best rules in the area and I can red chip here, which I kind of had the red chip because I was limited by the bankroll, but mm-hmm. I was playing a full table and having to back count full tables and being able to wong in and play only one spot on a full table. You know, you're, you're really not going to get anywhere fast, I guess is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, unless you get amazingly lucky variants. But then if you happen to not get lucky, you're just stretching your end zero out like way long because you're not getting enough rounds in, you know? Right, right. And and so here's here's kind of the crazy part with my story is, you know, I didn't understand a lot of this when I started playing. So right around uh, November of 2017, so pretty much in the middle of my two-year losing streak, was when I had my boot camp, and I was right around my all-time high. But from everything that I learned at my boot camp, I'm looking back at some of the just stupidest things that I was doing. You know, and and just because I didn't know. Uh, A perfect example is six-deck shoe. They were cutting off two, and I was doing running divisor true not by six, but by four. Right. You know what I mean? I, I just said, oh, I, they're only dealing out four decks. So my divisor starts at four. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I, but it make, I, I could see how you could get there. But now it's like, why? what was I doing? Right. Yeah. I didn't do that all the way up to, to boot camp. I mean, I did that early on when I didn't know any better. I mean, that was just some of the mistakes that I was making early on. But the crazy thing is, is even though I'm, I probably had a break even or maybe even a negative game back then, I was having positive variance and I was having positive results. So I, I right. thought I was doing, I'm like, what do I need to go to a boot camp for? I'm kicking ass. For sure. That that's I think that's probably a common mistake. Right. But it's one of those things that if uh, if you didn't read it and you didn't pick it up and you don't know, you know, if you're having positive results, you're going to be like, oh, my game's fine. I don't I don't need to check anything. Yeah, um, you don't know what you don't know. With some of the other crazy things that I did way back in the beginning, um, you know, I would go there with a $500 bankroll and I would be green chipping, essentially. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah, but again, I was getting stupid positive variants. And and I, I, I didn't understand anything about bankroll and risk management and units and any of that stuff. It's just like, oh, I got a positive count. Put money on the table. You were You were literally gambling at that point. I mean, yeah, educated gambling. Yeah, I mean, mean, there's there's so much that you can learn just enough that it's going to get you in trouble. And if you don't, you don't practice or train with somebody that, you know, that's 100% bona fide AP, those kinds of mistakes that you don't know about, you may never know about it until it's too late. So did, when you went to the boot camp, did it open your eyes to all these things that you were doing incorrectly? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 100%. Just going into the boot camp, I was like, well, I got 250 hours of tracks play. You know, I have positive variants. I think it was up around $10,000. So I'm like, I know what I'm 
Zealand. And then I had my test out with Loud and Often and Joe 748. I thought I was going to nail it. And uh, 13 mistakes later in one shoe, I was like, wow, I really don't know what I'm doing. I have no clue here. That's humbling, but also very powerful. And I'm sure they corrected you. And obviously you got on course. Oh yeah. It was, it's a little disheartening, but at the same time, it, you know, you learn from your mistakes. Okay. These were the mistakes that I made. These were the things I need to fix. This is what I need to work on. I worked on those things. And I remember going to the casino for the first time after working on those things, I doubled ACE five against the, against the six and I caught an ACE. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right. And Oh, that's a push. You know, I had 17, the dealer ended up having 17. That's a push. The dealer took my money. And previous to boot camp, I wouldn't have caught that. I would have been $200 gone when it should have been a push. And because you of the were just camp, trusting that you were just yeah, trusting the I, dealer. Yeah, I didn't know. I was just trusting the dealer. Oh, the dealers know what they're doing. I don't need to pay attention. You know, and, and that like right away, first trip to a casino. Boom, 200 bucks. I, I caught the dealer taking it. I was like, wow, holy cow, that, that happens. And when you start looking for it, you realize that happens way more often than you think. Yep. And I exactly. And I, I think on a couple of podcast episodes prior to this one, we, me and uh, the snowman touched on that, how it's like, it, it's definitely something you want to pay attention to. And if you find a weak dealer that's doing it often, you know, totally, I guess, take advantage of it. I had a moral dilemma at one point where I was like, man, I don't want to be that guy. But right. And and that's uh, even even the dealers, when you when you catch them and correct them. I know I remember one time I was playing uh, against a dealer and I don't know if she was having a bad day or what, but she would try and take the money like every single round. You know, whether 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 right. she whether she had a good hand or not, she was just like, OK, I dealt the cards. I'm taking everybody's money. I must have caught her six or seven times in one shoe. And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to play at this table anymore. I'm done. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes it's like you think they get carpal tunnel from all the way that they're they're just scooping the chips, scooping the chips, scooping the chips. <laughs> And it's like before they even reveal their card, you know, they have like say they have a six five on the board and they pull their card over. They're before they even look at the card, their their hands going towards your money. <laughs> it's like, what are you yeah. doing? And then and then they don't, and they're like, Oh shit, <laughs> they don't beat you. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like a tell of where their mind's at. Maybe I don't know. I think think sometimes that dealers don't like us APs because we tend to be cheap tippers unless it's to our advantage. Like, say you're playing, like, there's just one place, there's a double deck game that I play. They don't have a cut card. And there's a handful of dealers that if you're taking care of them, even like a couple bucks here and there, maybe five bucks uh, up on top for them, they'll either, because they're counting along with you, they'll either, if it's a bad shoe, they'll they'll just drop the shoe. Or if it's a good shoe, they'll go a couple hands longer, you know. So then it's to your advantage, you know, to give them five bucks or whatever. There's there's definitely some dealers that no advantage play and no card card counters when they see them. I think there's quite a few that they think they know what they're talking about, but they really don't. Uh, The only thing with with tipping, when I was red chipping, uh, I was able, there was a few dealers I was able to toke to get better penetration. But then when... yes tipping them say five dollars a shoe and they're going from two decks cut off to say one but then you have to really you have to really know okay well how much am i tipping per hour to get that extra deck of penetration and red chipping am i really offsetting that so if if you are going to do that you do need to pay attention to how much you're tipping out and what your ev gain in ev is going to be yes and definitely add it like i keep a column on my spreadsheet for tips 
kind of keep a track of it in my head just so I don't go overboard because it's real easy to five bucks here, five bucks there, a quarter here, whatever. If you're playing higher stake, you know, uh, it's real easy to throw money out the window, you know? Yeah, I'm convinced part of the reason my losing uh, streak lasted as long as it did, among other reasons, was just the fact that uh, I was tipping away way too much in terms of EV. I remember one day I had put, maybe it was two by 50, and I put the $5 chip up, you know, on, on the circle for the dealer two spot you know so now i got ten dollars out there for the tip on two hands of 50 well that's <laughs> that's already negative vv right off the bat um, yeah if i re- remember right i ended up splitting and doubling and the tip ended up being 40 dollars total yeah yeah i Been mean there. yeah and if you're if you're, and red- you're you're red chipping and 40 yeah. bucks is significant if you're red chipping and not only that but if you're red chipping and you're getting poor penetration on top of it and you're getting low rounds per hour you're you're not going anywhere you're not getting it yeah that's tough to overcome any uh interesting or funny or stories you learn from regarding back offs or trespass or anything like that? Yeah, definitely the Rhode Island trespass sticks out um, because we had a ton of intel going into that situation and we totally screwed it up anyway. So, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, we knew from networking with other APs in the area that if you're caught counting cards in Rhode Island, you're going to get backed off and you're going to get trespassed. That's just standard. It's Twin Rivers. They have two locations. There's uh, Lincoln and Tiverton. And it's pretty much, you're not just going to get backed off. You're getting backed off and you're getting trespassed. Even if you get out to your car and drive away, you're still going to get trespassed because they're going to have somebody run the plates and they're going to find out who you are and you're, and you're going to get a trespass letter in the mail. So we, we knew all this going in before even going to play in Rhode Island. We knew this going in. Good friend of ours, uh, AP, full-time AP, he got us a room at Tiverton. So, okay, good. Now we can leave all of our, we can leave our ID. We can leave everything in the room so that if they pick us off out on the main floor, you know, oh, I don't have an ID on me. You know, go ahead, search me. I don't have it. Nothing, you know, that, that's the plan. And we leave the cars in the parking lot. And if they catch us, we just leave. Get a taxi, leave. That way they can't Come back and get it another time. Right. They can't even get us on the plates at that point. And our plan was to play there for two days. So the first night uh, we meet up, we get the keys to the hotel room we go to check into the hotel room and the key doesn't work then we like, all right let's try the other one and the key doesn't work oh, okay this is not good so I go back to the front desk and say hey the keys aren't working can you print me off some new keys and they said oh yeah um we just need your id i was like uh no i don't have my id with me well we can't print you new keys without your id so i'm like all right well i'm not giving up my id here because i know i'll get trespassed so i talk it over with my teammate i'm like what do you want to do we can't we can't get in the room I'm like ah let's just play through the night okay sure so we ended up playing. <laughs> we played one location for quite a while and we started getting some heat. We drove to the other location. We played there through the night, maybe four or five in the morning, something like that. And then we drove back to the other location where we had our room because we knew our AP buddy would probably be coming in around eight or nine in the morning. He'd be able to get us a new keys and we'd just go to bed. So get four or five hours in before checkout or whatever. Yeah. Right. So uh, we got a couple hours <laughs> and there's a grand total of four people in the entire blackjack pit, you know, four customers in the entire blackjack pit. We're like, well, let's just do spotter BP. You know, I start the shoe at $10. If it gets positive, I just stand up, I stop it. And then my buddy comes in, I relay the count to him. He bets big. I leave, I go to the next table, start a shoe again. And we did this for a couple hours. And it was, if 
the if the shoe tanked, I'd be like, oh, this shoe's no good. I'd get up, I'd go sit at the slot machine, <laughs> I'd see him pull the cards out of the shoe and lay them out on the table. I'd come right back and be like, you know what? I think I'll play blackjack again. I changed my mind. I mean, it was plain as day what we were doing. But at the same time, we didn't have any fear because we're like, all right, go ahead, back us off. There's no way you're gonna find out who we are. <laughs> so we did that for a couple hours, whatever it was. Our buddy shows up, um, we get the new room keys, and we're being really incognito with all that. Uh, he, like I said, he's full time, and we don't want to get him in trouble with this place. You know, that's priority number one. Protect the place for him. It's his honey hole. So, is he uh, playing rated there? Because is that why he has room comps to share with you or whatever? I, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yes, he's, he's playing rated there. He does. Uh, he. I'll just say he does a bunch of stuff. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So he gets us the keys, and we go in a room. We get some shut eye, and we get up in the afternoon, and a few other APs are like, "Hey, you guys still in the area? Let's meet up, have a beer, grab something to eat, whatever." Okay, sure, no problem. Uh, we go out, we meet them, we're talking, we're telling them what the conditions are at the various places. We're telling them, we're like, we really shouldn't be going back to Tiverton. You know, we told them what we were doing in the morning. We're like, we really should not be going back to Tiverton. You guys want to go? Go. We're going to go to Lincoln. And like, no, no, come mm-hmm. to Tiverton. Come to Tiverton. I'm like, ah, all right, fine. You know, we they they went in ahead of us and we made sure to stay nowhere near them. And me and my teammate went in shortly after that. It must have been 10 or 15 minutes as soon as I signaled him into a table. It was like security was waiting for us. Instantly surrounded by yellow shirts everywhere. I mean, they were waiting. They had to be waiting for it. So uh, I was like, ah, damn, I guess the jig is up. And as I'm getting the chips, getting the chips off the table, I turn and I look and I see my teammate. He's with uh, Rhode Island State Police or whoever. He's with them and they're kind of escorting him to the back and I'm giving him a look like hey where are you going and he's I thought he was giving me the look like dude don't let me go back here by myself so I get up and I start going with him so I'm like I'm not gonna <laughs> you know I'm not gonna let him go in there by himself I start going with him and uh, now it's we got Rhode Island PD the head of security uh, you know my teammate myself and just like a trail of yellow shirts behind us and the whole time they're they're walking us down this this corridor and everything and, and the Rhode Island officer he's like you know you guys are in serious trouble serious trouble i'm like no no we're not he's like oh yes you are right you guys are gonna be arrested for this it's like no no we're not he's like yes you <laughs> this is serious so then i just stopped walking i just stopped i said go ahead and arrest me then do it right here right now he's like well well i can arrest you if i want to i said go ahead then do it just do it already he's like well <laughs> you know, we we got to go back here in this office back here. Well, they bring us into this little office in the back, and I immediately pull my phone out and start recording. I actually have a recording of the whole thing, but I I pull my phone out and I start recording. And they start, we need we need we need your IDs. We need to know who you are. Uh, you guys are being trespassed. Card counting is illegal. You can't do that. And we fought we fought it for a while, and finally it got to the point where we were like, you know what? Let's just give up our IDs. You know, the odds are if they really want to rewind the. T- They'll see the cars that we came in. We know they're going to get the plates anyway. Plus, mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin this honey hole for the guy that got us the room in the first place. Sure, and, sure. And I knew we had two other APs in the casino still playing. And like, we don't need to draw any attention to them either. So we we kind of right. took we kind of took the bullet for those three guys the whole the, the whole time after after she read read us the whole no trespass act and you're not allowed back here and you can't get arrested and yada yada yada. Right. She said mm-hmm. she she asked me. Uh, she says, do you have any questions? I was like, yeah, just one. Where do I go to get a player's card? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a great line. I'm still mad, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She she finally cracked a smile when I said that. And even the uh, the Rhode Island officers started laughing a little bit when I said that. And I was like, all right. All right. On a serious note, what I really want to know is, are you going to tell the surrounding casinos? That's all I care about at this point. And uh, she even sure. said, she even said, she says, you want to play Connecticut? You want to play Mass? Go ahead. We're not going to say a word to them. So I was like, all right, at least I know we can keep playing. We can plan another day to play. But uh, it, w- it was kind of funny just to see the look on, on the other APs faces when they more or less marched us through the casino and out the door, the look on their faces. Yeah, be- yeah because you're sitting there as an AP and you, you know what you know what time it is what's going on and you're thinking man should I leave or did they yeah. see me with them or you know you you get parent normally we get paranoid anyway anytime the phone rings the pit or whatever at least I do sometimes you always think they're talking about you even though 90% of the time it's not about you but in this case they know exactly what's going on and some friends of theirs or acquaintances of theirs are getting 86 with the with the state police you know <laughs> yeah i could yeah. see how that would be alarming for them yeah but i mean i mean we, the the five of us all joke around about it still to this day we're like i told you we shouldn't have went to Tiverton. i knew that was going to happen but yeah great. Uh, the crazy thing is, is even though even though we were trespassed from Tiverton and it applies to both properties, uh, let's just say I can't confirm or deny that I've been back to Lincoln. We'll just leave it like that. They have that that sweet of game, huh? Uh, you just couldn't resist yourself. The game is pretty good, but I just I just really hate the Rhode Island casinos and anything I can do to to go there and take a little bit from them. You know, I'm I'm gonna do it. The coronavirus sucks, but face masks are are awesome. <laughs> For going back into places you've been backed off at. Yeah. I can either confirm or deny <laughs> personal experience in that myself. <laughs> that's, that's actually, so that's kind of a funny story since we're bringing up face masks. One of the APs that joined the team and started playing with us, uh, I says, all right, you, you passed all the training at the house. I says, we're going to go to the casino. You're going to do a little, you know, in casino training. Nothing crazy. I just want to watch you play in the casino. Uh, basically give you like a break even spread. Nothing crazy. You're going to be red chipping no big deal uh so it's a little live live test out yeah right on yeah yeah exactly just um so we we go to the casino we actually met up with uh, a few other counters down there uh we're there i'm watching them he's doing pretty good and I think his spread was fifth, one hand to 15 to two hands of 60 or something like that. You know, nothing ridiculous. Yeah, and it was um, it was eight deck hit 17, but the penetration was good. So I, I wasn't too concerned about him getting picked off at all. I knew there were other counters in that same pit, myself my other teammate and this other guy that we met you know they were green chipping one hand to 25 to two hands of 400 in the same pit so i'm like there's no way mm-hmm. he's gonna get off red chip. and well, an eight deck game where a lot of casinos don't even really watch eight deck games that closely that's some do but a lot don't right well fast forward two and a half three hours and here he is getting picked off he, he's getting picked off for <laughs> his little, little red chip spread and the craziest part of the whole thing is right when he's in the middle of getting picked off he was about to make a playing error and i was mm-hmm. close enough to him to where i could correct it you know i could correct the playing error and mid correcting of his playing error the pit is over here trying to back him off and i'm like what in the hell is going on he's red chipping he's getting backed off my teammate over there and this guy over there they're green chipping and nobody's paying any attention to him <laughs> it's it's crazy because i've been playing there and i still haven't been picked off there so i i, I just don't get it so anyway fast forward he 
tested out red chipping. He's playing on the team. So now he's he's a fa- he's essentially black chipping at this point. He goes into the high limit room with a pretty pretty good spread. Top bet of two by 500. He's on one side of the high limit pit. And I'm on the other side of the high limit pit. And um, I had made a I made a betting error because I had green chips. I had green chips in my pockets and I needed to go two by 200 and I only had 300 in green. I thought I had, I knew I had black chips in my pocket, but I grabbed one of the purples by accident. So I had, right. I had one hand, one hand of 200 and the other hand was one hand of 600. And it just so happens that I hit blackjack on the $600 hand. The pit was like going, <laughs> how did, how did this guy pull this off? And meanwhile, my same teammate that was backed off red chipping, you know, all of a month or two earlier, he's over there, max, max betting two by 500 for an entire shoe getting blackjacks just crushing it right he ends up getting he ends up getting backed off after that shoe uh he's like hey i got backed off you need to you need to come meet me in the bathroom and we kind of figured it out he had like a three and a half positive standard deviation win in that one shoe it was just ridiculous damn but the whole time the pit was ignoring him because of my little screw up you know putting the purple chip under when i meant to put the black chip under it was it was pretty funny that is pretty funny talk about happy accidents man let alone did you get the blackjack you allowed your 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 teammate to play a little longer there yeah that's a great story yeah some sometimes it's better to be lucky than good yeah there's luck involved um the rest of it's it, just math the hardest part is just getting the hours in. It, it gets to the point where you can't play your your locals and then you have to travel to try and get the hours definitely once you're up in the black chip it's harder and harder and harder and harder and you get backed off and yeah you have to travel a lot for sure I'm lucky I'm on the West Coast, so there's, especially in the Seattle area, there's tons of games. Yeah. Because we have, I don't know, I don't know if you played out here, if you played out here before. Um, I haven't played out there. I know, I know a few people that played out there and uh, I am networked with somebody out there in that area um but that's that's one of the uh i guess one of the hurdles uh as far as blackjack and bankroll is just your location being west coast correct me if i'm wrong being west coast you might be able to to start out red shipping and do fairly well um, yeah I mean, the seattle market in particular is a red shipping pair there's there's double deck before COVID. There was double deck five dollar games with not great rules, but decent rules and decent yeah. pan and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, so that that's great for red shipping. I mean, that's fantastic. And yeah, I know and, I've heard other markets that that's unheard of. And, and like you were saying on the East Coast. Yeah, and, and and on the East Coast, I mean, it can be done red shipping, but you're gonna have to grind and you're gonna have to grind for a long time. And back count and yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're just gonna have to. But if you keep your eye on on the long game like from when i started back in october of 2016 i was looking from october of 2016 to april 2nd of 2019 right that's pretty much mm-hmm. all red chipping and then from april 2nd 2019 we pretty much went to green chipping but from october 1st 2016 to april 2nd of 2019 we had about we'll call it say a twenty thousand dollar win because that's mostly red chipping eight deck hit 17 or six deck stand 17 with poor penetration and then just in in the last 
last just in the last month, you know, we've we've cleared the same amount of money being able to green chip and black chip. So it's right. Is I, I guess I'm saying it can be done, but you gotta understand it's red chipping on the East Coast. You're gonna have to put the time in. You you have to you're gonna have to put the time in red chipping. Once you get to green chips and you get and you get to the better, you know, you get to the better games and the better penetration and you can start playing more heads up. You know, it's it's worth it in the long run if you just stay focused on the long run. For sure. It's like building any business. When a, a guy's like, I don't know, say somebody starts a, I don't know, a restaurant, you're going to be putting a lot of hours in there in the beginning until you scale it up large enough that you can afford to pay people to do what you were doing. And you're still going to have to, you know, work it, but you're going to have to put a 70, 80, even more hours a week in at that restaurant or whatever. Not that you're going to be putting that many hours in on blackjack unless you count practice hours and scouting and all that stuff. But yeah, the, I think that kind of correlates the same kind of analogy. Do you agree? Yeah, it's I, AP Blackjack is a, it's a business. There's no doubt it's a business. And just like you said, putting the hours in earlier, uh, it's the same thing with you're, you're going to make playing mistakes. You know, you're, you're going to have errors in your game. If you think your game is is 100 percent perfect, I can almost guarantee you it's not. Uh, I've had you know, I've had a handful of people in in the area in the northeast come over to house just to do uh, a few little training sessions. Nothing major. And sure enough, I haven't had anybody blow through it without making any errors. Yeah. <laughs> I've been able to find flaws in everybody's game. Some of them egregious. Some of them you know, not so not so bad. If if you're off on the running count by one or two, but you nailed down everything else, okay, that that's pretty good. If you're making basic strategy errors and you're already in the casino playing, well, that's that's a problem. Yes, I wouldn't say that. Uh, you know, if, if somebody came over and did a, a training session with me, that's great. But I'm not. I'm definitely not saying that that's a replacement for uh, a boot camp by any stretch. You know, being being dealt to by the BJA pros, some of the other things that they teach at their boot camp, and just the networking opportunities alone you know it's still huge huge it's huge if if you get tested out by an ap in your area that's great i still say take it to one step farther and go out to a boot camp network with people else at the boot camp do that and another another note on that would be still even somebody who's been doing it a long time you should probably still get tested out by another ap you trust or something like that because we all get bad habits since we have the mask on i've been catching myself lipping the count and i know i'm not going to be able to wear a mask forever and it's such a bad habit i gotta stop it i mean i gotta and i, I talked to another ap friend of mine and he he said yeah I've been doing that too. Yeah. So you get it. complacent, you know? Yeah. I, I've, I've also been doing that too. Lip, lip in the, you know, moving my lips. Cause I know nobody can see them behind the mask, but you're a hundred, you're a hundred percent right about uh, getting rechecked, you know, getting rechecked by another AP. I met a good friend of mine elements. I met him at the boot camp. after my boot camp, I had, I had a pretty bad run and I had him watch me play a few shoes down in Harris. And I even, I even got crushed down in Harris too when we were playing down there but he watched me play and he told me afterwards he's like you're playing right he says there's, there's no holes in your game just keep getting hours that's all you can do absolutely a lot of the, the type of personality that's going to be an ap it's going to have a little bit of arrogance in them and a little bit of confidence it's just it just kind of goes with personality in general that would do this kind of thing so we need to humble ourselves even i don't care how long you've been doing it. i don't care if you're tommy highland you you still need to be you know checked once maybe not to, okay maybe not tommy highland but if you're not Tommy Highland, 
you need to be checked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, even maybe not uh, Richard, Mun- maybe not Richard Munchkin, Tommy Howell. Okay, those guys maybe may just go do your thing, but anybody else get checked. Yeah, even um, it's it's funny because I take for the most part I take the summers off from playing at all, and then I start getting back into it around September. When September rolls around, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna start playing again. All right, get out the deck of cards. You know, count down a deck of cards. All right, bust out bust out the phone app. You know, I know I know basic strategy, but let's just get through it anyway. You know, get get the flashcards out go through uh go through the deviations you know just it what is it it doesn't hurt to go through it i know i split uh i was playing one day and my my buddy was standing there watching back counting i split fours i don't remember what the dealer had but i shouldn't have split the fours and i don't remember what the true count was or whatever shouldn't have split the fours he didn't say anything that as we're later we went somewhere to get something to eat he's like no you split fours against you know whatever it was i said you know what i totally missed that thanks for telling me that thank you thank you and that that haunted me for for weeks every time i played i thought about those fucking fours (laughs) (laughs) because it bugged me and i I made a bunch of money that night too but to me that that the results weren't even the the big deal it's just a stupid four and i'm glad that he told me because i actually came across it later on and i almost made the same mistake you know something and that's that's simple basic basic strategy and i just i had a some kind of brain disconnection it but it, it does happen uh, that that reminds me of another story when i was playing my local here downtown i used to play after after work i would play tired i was playing two hands at that point i had a positive count and i knew the second hand the second hand i had to split the second hand so i had put the money up there gave the signal to split the second hand and i don't ever recall giving a signal on my first hand but the dealer sure enough splits the card deals you know is dealing it out then all of a sudden my brain kind of said hey wait a minute you forgot about your hand over here your first hand you should have hit that hand <laughs> and uh so i so i stopped i stopped play uh i had the pit boss come over i i moved my chips up here automatically to split this hand but i don't think i ever gave a signal on this hand five ten minutes later whatever it was the pit boss comes over and they said no we watched a video you gave a very specific stand signal on that hand and you signaled the split over here and i was like well that's that was a mistake. It's scary, you know, like, actually. It, yeah. It's scary. Uh, ended up finishing out the hand, and I won all of it. If I had played <laughs> it... I had played it correctly, I would have split and doubled and I would have lost everything, you know, but I That's was so, crazy. but I was still so mad about the playing error and which I mm-hmm. can only assume, yes. you know, I, to this day, I don't believe I gave the stand signal, but I, I, they're telling me I did. I can only assume because I was tired. I did it after I won that hand, even though the count was still positive, I got up and I says, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to play tired if I'm making mistakes. That's it. I'm done. That's the mark of a pro right there. Knowing your limitations and quitting. Well, teenage listeners, that is the end of part one of the interview with Nubs. I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. It was entertaining, formative, and honest. And I thought it was great. So if you guys like this one, you can look forward to part two of the interview with nubs 1981 down the road in the coming weeks have a good one and see you on the felt here's a few messages from our sponsors find your paradise go to visit lasvegas.com By the fact 
that you're listening to a podcast about blackjack and advantage play. It's clear that you're interested in this topic and most likely interested in becoming the best blackjack player you can become. Now, I suppose there are exceptions to this. Like, for example, maybe you're an uninterested significant other trapped in the car listening to this. Or maybe you're a kid trapped in the car forced to listen to this because your phone is dead and you can't tune out the world with your headphones in like you normally would. And by the way, kids, I apologize for all the F-bombs that I've dropped on this show. Please don't follow my example. Or maybe, just maybe, you don't like money and you want to continue to play blackjack and not make your game better. If you happen to fall in any of those categories, by all means, tune out and don't listen to a word that I have to say right here. But if you want to learn how to be the best blackjack player you can be, learn and grow your game, I suggest you check out blackjackapprenticeship.com. They offer what is, in my opinion, not only a world-class education on the game of blackjack, but the absolute best education you can find anywhere for this game. They offer online training drills, a supportive community, as well as other exclusive tools that are critical to your success. Even if you already know the ins and outs of this game and don't really need the training they offer per se. That's great. I'm kind of in that boat myself and I imagine there are several others of you that are as well. So even for people like us, just the opportunities and networking alone that this site offers is worth the price of admission and then some. I also can't stress enough that it is a wonderful and supportive community of other APs. There is almost no trolling in the forums there. So once again, I urge you to check out blackjackapprenticeship.com if you're serious about growing your game. 